If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. In regards to LA Gear, I mean, I think they're just built on uh, a gimmick, really. Welcome to episode one of The Great Fail a podcast that examines the greatest success stories and their spectacular fails, what led to the demise of the most prolific people, brands, and companies. I am your host, Deborah Chen, and this week we'll be looking at LA Gear. In 1986, Wall Street welcomed LA Gear onto the New York Stock Exchange. The stock doubled on the first day of trading and became one of the hottest growth stocks and Wall Street darlings of its time. This quintessential company captured the hearts of men, women, and kids and represented everything that was considered badass and cool about the 80s. Picture this. Blonde cheerleaders sunbathing on the beach Crayola-colored high tops, and tons of sequins and studs. And in just four years, sales shot up from $11 million to $617 million. And everyone, from athletes to icons, were proudly marketing the brand. LA Gear was sexy, sassy, and seemingly unstoppable. But as the future never looked so bright, something foul was lurking in the shadows. Trouble was brewing, and a series of bad luck, poor business decisions, and a humiliating sneaker launch would soon set the final nail in the coffin. 
Welcome to the story of L.A. Gear, born in 1978, bankrupt in DOA by 1998. I'm truly excited about launching the podcast on this story because I personally feel extremely close to it. And it was a part of my childhood where I remembered exactly how it felt to own my very first pair of designer kicks at a time when Saved by the Bell, Nintendo games, and a bowl of cookie crisp, that was my Saturday morning anthem. So this will be a nostalgic one for those of you that grew up in the 80s and 90s. Now let me take you back in time when LA Gear was the look. They were electrifying in every sense of the word and the hottest brand that really represented privilege, prestige, and sex appeal. A lot was happening in the 80s. It was a time of political drama, cultural reshaping, and defining moments. The world watched as Prince Charles married Princess Diana, movie star Ronald Reagan became our 40th president, and we witnessed the birth of MTV. It was an era of big hair, big shoulder pads, and big personalities. Jane Fonda's workout videos had gripped the nation, becoming the best-selling VHS of all time, and the scene was ripe for a brand like LA Gear. And for those of you that don't remember or are too young to have seen them, I want to take a quick moment to provide a description of these kicks at a time when they were really the only shoes that mattered in the 80s for young boys and girls everywhere. The high tops were usually laced with two different neon colors, which was unheard of at that time, and it had funky fabrics, colorful patterns, usually in the form of hot pink, neon green, or something that synchronized with slouch socks. They were elegantly designed and every pair came with this mini license plate chain that said LA Gear, inducting you to the club of the cool kids. It was legit. LA Gear had it all. And with the cultural influence and street cred from athletes to stars, investors loved it. Their stock started trading at $3 in 1986 and soared to $50 in 1990. It received enormous kudos and accolades from trade magazines, mainstream media, and was listed as number three on Business Week's list of 100 best companies. But to understand the rise and fall of this empire, we need to go back to the beginning. And Robert Greenberg, the founder and the man behind it all, had the ultimate success story. Born and raised in Boston, Robert was by all means an entrepreneur, strong business acumen and amazing instincts. He first started out as a hairdresser selling wigs and electric tweezers and had a roller skating rental shop. And they weren't small businesses either because as soon as he discovered that you can buy a $50 wig and sell it for $350, he was in business and sold to retail and wholesale, raking in millions of dollars. But he was a marketing genius in the making and destined to do more than sell mop tops and weaves. And he always had an eye for fashion. So when the time came, 1978, he packed up his wife and kids and headed for sunny Southern California. The first thing he noticed was that everyone on Venice Beach looked rich. The second thing that he noticed was 
Everyone was obsessed with roller skating, so much that the rental shops couldn't meet the demand. And so, guess who opened up Roller Skates of America just a few weeks later? You see, Robert had the ability to identify what was needed in the market and then quickly find a way to provide that supply. But even with his success, roller skates were a trend. And as we know, trends, well, they don't last long. So although this fad eventually skated on by, it did, however, provide Robert a taste for the sneaker business. Robert first launched LA Gear as an LA lifestyle brand, fairly straightforward marketing, and the strategy was to sell through only to the upscale department stores like a Nordstrom. So the first launch was a line of women's clothing that really capitalized off the aerobics trend, honing in on some pretty glitzy sequin gear. But of course, he knew he wanted to enter the shoe business. So 1985 comes along and he launches the first women's canvas workout shoe. Now, remember I said Robert was a marketing genius? Here's how he staged his grand entrance. At a shoe convention in Chicago, he drove a rented 56 T-Bird convertible onto the show floor. He hired four men in black satin LA gear jackets to sell one style of shoe, just one, but in 12 different colors. And it was met with skeptics asking, just one style, where's the variety? Robert's response to these questions would gain him notoriety when he said, Well, the good news is, the shoe comes in many different sizes. That day, he only made $4,000. And though that may have stopped most people, it surely didn't stop him. Robert knew he was onto something really big, and boy, was he right. Despite being discouraged by such meek sales, he just kept going and coupled that in with his knack for marketing and his target to the female audience, he saw his sales soar massively. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes, 
on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps, to connected TV and off-site media across web and social, to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. The next year, the company went public and began diversifying into men's and children's shoes, with footwear being the main focus. Now this is where things got interesting. Building on the huge success from the canvas workout shoe for women, LA Gear began to branch out into men's footwear, where they featured bold jazzy high tops for basketball. And for the kids' line, they utilized the same type of daring designs that really stimulated young eyes, like cow spots and black-white checkerboard design. Business Week, The Wall Street Journal, The Los Angeles Times, and Fortune all highlighted LA Gear as the best performer on the stock market in 1990. As company sales peaked over $818 million, so did its share of the U.S. athletic shoe market placing LA Gear third in sales behind Nike and Reebok. Wait, let's just really think about that for a moment. That was not an easy feat. Putting that in perspective, they were doing more sales than Adidas, New Balance, Saucony, Fila. I mean, it was quite impressive and incredible. In 1989, LA Gear began to make a really big push into performance athletic shoes. It seemed like a brilliant move and things were starting to fire on all cylinders until they revealed their first celebrity endorsement, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No one, I mean no one, was interested. You see, it turns out that signing a retiring basketball player really wasn't the look. He was way too old to be appealing to the younger generation of fans who were supposed to be LA Gear's target audience. And instead of turning to young sports athletes like Bo Jackson, which was Nike's endorser at that time, LA Gear's approach was conflicting with the image of youth and vibrancy within their fan base. Huge brand identity flaw. But despite that, other NBA players were beginning to wear the brand, including Hakeem the Dream Elijah Wan, who later launched his own line of basketball sneakers. San Francisco 49ers quarterback Joe Montana signed an endorsement deal in the early 90s after working with Mizuno for most of his career. And hockey star Wayne Gretzky was also signed as an endorser when he was with the LA Kings. You would think that having all these major athletes would prove their credibility. Well, while the company was so busy marketing and paying checks out for endorsements, they forgot to pay attention to the most important part, the actual execution of the shoes. The introduction of the Catapult basketball shoe, sold for $100 a pair, featured a fiberglass and graphite heel supporting an air cushion and the company chose Utah Jazz basketball star Carl Malone as the face of the shoe. 
but big problems with poor quality soon began to interfere with the company's reputation and their sales. After LA Gear outfitted a Marquette University basketball team with its catapult shoes, one player actually tripped on his shoe sole and the entire thing peeled off during a nationally televised game. No crisis communication could repair what was already broadcasted across millions of homes in America. So we just heard how LA Gear fell flat on their face with their athletic footwear line. Outside of the sports arena, however, they were finding endorsement deals with celebrities like singer Belinda Carlisle and singer-dancer Paula Abdul, who at that time was pure gold. With her duet with MC Scat Cat in her Opposites to Track video, well, she straight up left Reebok to join this new hype. But out of everyone, the most prominent endorser was <laughs> Michael Jackson. The company thought that this collaboration with the King of Pop would allow them to sell men's leisure shoes and t-shirts. And with the influence he had on culture at that time, the brand would be destined for success. And Michael got paid, actually close to $10 million to be the company's spokesperson. The strategy was to time Michael's greatest hits album with that of the shoe release called Unstoppable, creating a huge splash in music and fashion. But the album never got released. LA Gear suffered massive backlash and losses from that move, proving that these shoes were not really unstoppable after all. I had a chance to speak with Gerald Flores, chief editor of Soul Collector at Complex. Soul Collector has their finger on the pulse for sneaker news, release dates, and culture. And as an expert in the market, he's witnessed brands come and go and sneaker launches rise and fall. But he attributes brand longevity to two key factors, storytelling and having a defined purpose, something he felt LA Gear did not have. If you think back to LA Gear, uh, or um, you know, look at what they did. Like they they never really um, had a singular brand ethos that they could go back to. They were uh, kind of in the same vein of Skechers. They're like, well, let's make something gimmicky, and then in five years when it's not in style anymore, uh, what do we go back to? Sometimes the difference between success and failure is a clear brand identity. Uh, I think with the reason any kind of sneaker company fails uh, or um, fades out of the limelight is because of that. There's like no North Star or like guiding light uh, for where they want to bring the company. Um, so cause like, you know, look at someone like Nike, like they're always innovating, but they're always innovating towards like a singular purpose. Um, and if I had to name it for LA gear, I don't know what that would be. It goes to show that even an aggressive marketing approach doesn't trump storytelling, something Forbes deems as the new strategic imperative of business. But they were about to face trouble that even good branding can't overcome. From the catapult debacle and Michael Jackson failure to launch, everything was on the line. Ellie Gear was about to take another swing at the plate with the launch of its light-up shoes called L.A. Lights. 
If you recall, this was the emblem of dopeness for kids in every school hallways and malls across the nation. This launch in 1992 was considered the first real wearables of its time, cleverly working its magic into the hearts of kids everywhere. And it worked. This was LA Gear's most successful line and was launched at Foot Locker and Kids Foot Locker retailing for $50 a pair. For only a 12-month period, more than 5 million pairs were sold. And for a solid two years, light-up shoes were the hottest thing in kids' fashion. These shoes, again, came in average quality, but the bright colors and funky sleek designs and lit-up bottoms had the kids swarming like moths to a flame. The patented light technology for kids had been one of the most successful launches in athletic shoe industry, with over 100 million pairs sold in all distribution channels. And for a minute, it seemed like luck was finally on their side. But something deadly was beneath it all, literally. In 1992, LA Gear was able to rack up their sales thanks to the launch of their LA Lights, selling 5 million pairs of shoe sales annually and like wildfire. And the craze was due to their patented technology. Their LED equipped lights at the soles of little kids' feet. But everything was about to go up in flames. You see, every pair of LA Lights being sold came with a significant amount of mercury. With every step in these kicks, the mercury in the shoe switch completed a circuit that produced the blinking light effect that kids love so much. But in addition to the red flash from these shoes came exposures to the toxins. And at room temperature, even the smallest dose can be dangerous for anybody. A little more bang for their buck that they weren't expecting. Mercury is one of those things that can harm the human central nervous system, affecting body movement, sense of touch, taste, and sight. Pretty much not anything you want around your children. And this was a major technical fail. In addition, these shoes were considered a huge environmental risk since they would eventually pile in a landfill and cause more mercury contamination. This didn't sit well with environmentalists and the state of Minnesota banned sales and distribution of LA Light shoes altogether. The company also had to pay the state $70,000 for just one city to help with the disposal of the shoe, since it was illegal to throw away and also had to set up a toll-free number for consumers to send the sneakers back to LA Gear for recycling. Quite complicated and costly, as this was all done on the company's dime. What's worse is when asked to the company, how do we know if our kids are wearing shoes with mercury? They responded with, well, there's no way to really tell. And the best thing to do is call the toll-free number for information and a mailer. Consumers soon began to catch on to the poor quality as the company attempted other iterations of the LA lights. And although sans mercury now, just didn't really click well and their stock plunge faster than leg warmers and roll-up jeans. And just when they thought things couldn't get any worse, fashion took on one of the most dramatic shifts 
when it moved from the glitter and glamour of the 80s into the grunge era of the 90s. With the blink of an eye, LA gear had developed a stench instead of smelling like the new teen spirit. This was the story of the demise of one of the hottest and most successful brands in sneaker history, a genuine contender amongst the top ranks trailing only behind Nike and Reebok. The rise of the LA gear empire was befallen to a series of critical and fatal decisions, losing the confidence and trust of its investors and consumers due to poor quality control, bad timing, and mismanaged ambassador deals. In the early 1990s, when Wall Street was beginning to catch on to the financial woes of the company, Robert Greenberg publicly dismissed concerns about L.A. Gear's future as nonsense. He said, I stub my toe and the whole world attacks. Referring to everyone dramatizing the losses faced by the company at that time. And with his blunt, gravelly voice, was defensive and insistent that they weren't going away. He wasn't going down without a fight. But in the end, it boiled down to the old adage that if the shoe fits, wear it. Except if it has mercury in it. Thanks for listening to The Great Fail, a program that spotlights some of the most infamous case studies and failed businesses, brands, and ideas, and goes beyond that to garner lessons and wisdom so that we can all learn from the greatest mistakes. Join us next time for a brand new episode and be sure to visit thegreatfail.com to access show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you have a question about your business or have an idea or startup and need expert advice, please send your questions to advice at thegreatfail.com and you may be featured on an upcoming episode with our network of expert advisors to help you get the answers you're looking for. And remember, with great failure comes great liability. I must confess, I did what I did, now my life's a mess. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there. With powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media, meaningful connections. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.